Welcome to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dear Alice. We have a really fun one for you today. We're talking about inheriting architecture and how to right the wrongs. So many wrongs. If I had a nickel. So many, so many you know? sins. If I had a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like picking up seashells. <laughs> That's how many we got out there, guys. <laughs> yeah, we do. Out of control. Lots to unpack today. Uh, first, um, how's everything going for you guys? What's, what's new for you? Me and your husband leave on Tuesday. Yes, you do. For 10 days to Indonesia. It's happening finally. Or he got his passport. Every- it happened. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I've, we, my wife and I have had to mentally prepare for this trip two times. So, oh gosh. So it's been 10 really days away. 10, yeah. Yeah. 10 days away. There's from a lot Mar- of anxiety. Sue and I just went to Dallas for about seven days and the planning that goes into that, we can definitely relate to Corey. Yep. And all the goings on. And we almost had to cancel. And she's like, I can't, I've got childcare lined up. Tom's schedule is been baked in for six months. Like we have to we just have go camp. <laughs> yeah. And I was finally like, coming with me. we can't not go. Sorry, client. We are coming <laughs> because there. we can't reschedule this for this very busy mom and all the things going on, you know? Mm-hmm. So we just made it happen. We wheeled it into existence. So man, if I could, I'm done so that, sorry you had to do it twice. It's no big deal. Yeah. yeah. It is what it is. It actually worked out because we've only spent like maybe three or four days max away from each other. We've been married almost seven years. So this is going to be like, yeah. and that it's 14 hours ahead. Like our schedule is going to be flip flopped. He's like, when am I going to talk to you in 10 days? You know, yeah. you're going to talk to me. So totally. I don't know. I, Adam just got back from Japan and I talked to him maybe twice while we were there. And it was when he was packing to go to another hotel, another part of Japan that was the only time. And he FaceTimed me and had the phone basically up on the bed and I was staring at the ceiling, but he was like moving around and just trying to pack. And that was the only time that we really got to talk. That's crazy. Yeah. It was nuts. Mm -hmm. So, and now he's going to be leaving again and you were gone the week before he left to Tokyo. Yeah. Well, he was in Tokyo. We both got at the same time. Yeah. So it's just going to be crazy, but you know what though, him getting back on his sleep schedule, he's still not right. And he's been home for more than a week. His friend said that goes to Japan all the time. It takes him a full week to get. Oh, yeah. Going there was like no big deal. Cause I think of all the adrenaline and the excitement that you have for being there and you have yeah. things planned and scheduled. And so you're just like going with the flow, yeah. but for something about coming home and you're like letting down and trying to get back into it, he just will be like asleep in the middle of the day on a Sunday. And I'm like, what happened to you? You know, mm. or Saturday. Yeah. It's <laughs> like four go. o'clock and he's just like dead and can't function. His eyes are at half mass. He's like, I got to lay down. Man. So heads up that even when you are back, you're not going to be like fully back. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was thinking like we get back on a Thursday. So I'm like, okay, going to take obviously the rest of that day and, and Friday out. And then I'll have Saturday, Sunday, you know, good Monday. Yeah. You I are younger it, though than Adam too. So maybe that, but I doubt it. Probably. I don't yeah. know. I, it, I just be patient with yourself. It takes a little bit longer than than what you think in your mind, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then the worst part when we, we're going to wake up in Singapore and then hop on a 16 hour flight. So it's going to be like, after we wake up, Ew. I'm like, what are we going to do for 16 hours? Wait, a 16 hour flight mm-hmm. after you're in Singapore. Yeah. So we fly from Indonesia to Singapore and our layovers overnight. So uh, I got us a hotel in yeah. the airport. Oh man. Weird. Um, uh, yeah. And then we wake up in the morning and hop on a flight and go from Singapore to San Francisco. Oh, like, 
Yeah. Yeah. Adam and I are going to, yeah, we're just going to have to like bring a deck of cards or something. I don't really know. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Oh man, that's crazy. Oh, I can't wait till you're back though. That's going to be so fun. You guys, Corey's going over, we develop um, and build our own product as probably everybody knows here. (laughs) But um, for those of you that are new, so they're going over to the factories and working with them on the next generation of product and seeing it, kicking the tires on it, Mm -hmm. communicating with them on the ground, making sure quality control is everything, visiting factories, new factories. So it's a really monumental, big, big trip for us. And I'm so excited. Yeah. So excited. Yeah. It will. It will change the way that you communicate with them and think about them. And because you'll be in each other's space for for days together. Yeah. Yeah. Adam and I are going to sleep. I mean, there's the hotels there. You have a king bed, choice of a king bed or two twins. Nice. Yeah. I was joking with Adam. I was like, yeah, I was like, we only have a choice of a king bed or two twins. So I just got the king. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, oh my God, a king. You got two twins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, funny. so funny. You guys are going to have the best time. Yeah. See what's going on go. with you and your world. Oh, uh, I'll go back to me in a second. But when you guys were talking about your spouse, like trying to like catch up from sleep from a big layover, do you ever, do you guys ever get like sad, mad when they're asleep in the middle of the day and you're just like, what the actual hell? Like, yeah, mm. we should be hanging out. Like, yeah, try and like drop something so to make a loud crash so they have to wake up and like, oh, I'm so sorry. Dude, this this happened last weekend with me and Mari. Yeah, I've ever oh. done that. Yeah, yeah. you're just like, quick, the children. Yeah. Your turn. Look alive. Yeah, sorry. So, I, I don't you're like, that so word. I'm just going to Target. So I'm going to need you to go ahead and watch the kids. Uh, anyway, so I had to get funny. that out. Um, Suzanne Hall had has uh, her husband Tom is a nurse. And he has worked the night shift for years now. Yeah. And so when he gets home and it's daytime, he sleeps during the day. (laughs) So (laughs) all the women here listening can relate to what she's saying because it feels like you're pulling a pretty heavy load by working (laughs) full-time and caring for the children, right? (laughs) On paper. No, yeah, no, no longer. Uh The nice thing is that it's only like three, three days on and then he's off the rest of the days, but it's just like the recoup. Yeah. Poor guy. Like that would blow. Like I would hate that. Recoup. Yeah. Yeah. He's no longer doing that guys. Everyone. We're in a good place, but yeah. I relate to your guys' layover moments. Yeah. Mm. Yes, you when can. When your spouse is asleep and you're just like, come on. Come on, Cletus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on, yeah. chili dog. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Other than that, what else is going on with us? Mm. Just the kids. It's summer. I feel like they're just like doing camps and like just staying busy. And I, yeah, our friend said we only have five more weeks until school starts. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I should... I should do some macro planning <laughs> and see what we're going to do. So yeah. they have a memorable summer shoot. Yeah. So I hear that. You know what? I told Jane, so my daughter goes to college um, in a few weeks and I told her to make her summer bucket list because a girlfriend of ours is doing that with her kids. And Jane really has been doing it. And last night we went to um, Chinatown in Salt Lake City. Have you guys ever been? No, it's amazing. It's like a a grocery store with all different um, Chinese restaurants in it and bakeries. And she's obsessed with um, boba tea. And so we're always trying to find the best one in the state. And so we got, they had one called sugar tiger in there. And it was like cute. so cute. The branding was so cute. So we got Boba's there and then the market's amazing. Where is this at? It's like 3300 South and like just South of state street, like Maine. Okay. In Salt Lake. Oh, I actually yeah. do. There's it's like, amazing. it's like a whole complex. Type yes. of thing. I've seen it. And yeah. I was like, we got to come back here and eat dinner. This looks amazing. Mm-hmm. So we had so much fun. It. it only took us like 
half hour to walk around and get stuff and weird candies and bakery weird stuff and she's I love this so candies. you would love it it's so your kids would love it that there's so many sick. fun foods and things to try and restaurants and uh, anyway it was great we had a good you time have to get on a flight I know it's great <laughs> we're just kind of like exploring things in our own city you know so anyway it's super fun and I would say even if it's not summer you guys should do bucket list for the year with your kids I think so yeah, yeah. that sounds and like then, a really good idea and then also the I feel like the pressure for the parent to come up with things to do it's off because you're going to do the things that they want to do. You know yeah. what I mean? And let's be honest, as parents, we're probably not loving the thing that our kid wants to do anyway, that we're taking them to the zoo yeah. or we're taking them to the whatever, just like let them choose and do their thing. Yeah. You know, Love it. Yeah. I mean, when they have an opinion, I know some of your kids are little, but mm -hmm. Nolan definitely would have ideas for sure. Yeah, he's he's an unstoppable idea machine. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, super fun. We're having okay. a good time. Well, cool. summertime. Yes. Did you know that 35% of adults report experiencing poor sleep quality? Let me put you onto something that is going to transform your sleep. Cozy Earth Bedding is temperature regulating people. This is huge. If you and your spouse do not sleep at the same temperature, which most people don't, I'm freezing, my husband's hot. This is a massive benefit and breakthrough for us when we started sleeping on Cozy Earth. You can both sleep on the same mattress with the same sheets and be completely comfortable. They also have a 100-night sleep trial guarantee and a 10-year warranty, which I don't know of anybody that does this. They're that confident in the product, and so am I. When I first touched Cozy Earth products, I could not believe the soft hand on it. It also almost has like a cool feel to your hand. To your um, hand, it's like slippery dolphin. Like your feet swishing around is so so addictive. I can't sleep with anything but cozy earth sheets. I'm obsessed. Um, also, you need to treat yourself to the ultimate comfort with cozy earth. I love the sleepwear. I love the sweats, and the bedding is amazing. You can prioritize your self care sleep health if you just head over to cozyearth.com and use the promo code dear alice for an exclusive 35 percent off you guys we don't have to wait for a sale you can use this anytime again the code is dear alice for an exclusive 35 percent off better sleep awaits you with cozy earth all right inheriting architecture how to right the wrongs okay i think this came up because well we have a question that we're going to talk about but i think we we see so many homes and luckily right now we're in a phase where we're building a lot of new homes. And so we can kind of control that. But in some of the remodels that we do, there are some things that like you're just inheriting, mm -hmm. you know, when you buy this house and it's probably because it's an awesome neighborhood, yep. you know, you, you love the people you're around. And so you find this property and you're like, you jump on it and you're like, Hey, this is mine. I'm going to put my flag in the ground and, and mm -hmm. you know, but then you're doing that right now in your own life. No, I'm 100% doing that right now. Yeah. So this is like felt really applicable to, yeah. to me. I know Corey, you've had a, a remodel before, so yeah. you can speak to this as well, but you just, you just have to like sit back and stare at it and like really, really get good at planning because it's not inexpensive to, you know, bite it off bit by bit. And it always ends up being more expensive, but there's a lot of architecture and a lot of just like really things that you wouldn't do today. Um, that they did yesterday, mm -hmm. you know, and now it's your turn to make it right. And I think a m majority of people are in this, are in the seat. 
that are probably listening to this. So, and I feel like the biggest conundrums are the quote unquote custom things that they did. Right. Right. The, the wa- giant niche for the, the wall niche. Y- y- y'all don't need to frame those out and do all that extra works for the niche. No. Yeah. Shallow niches, deep niches. Like they're all the plant ledge. Oh, I know. Bueno. The she- and they're always sheet rocked. It's like always, you know, framed and gypped. And then it usually has like soft rounded bullnose corners. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, I've got this huge indent indented area. What do I do? Or this projection to put plants on way up in the air and they're not going to ever get water. So then are you putting like a fake jungle up there or (laughs) do you know what I mean? It's just always like so perplexing. Pants on. I don't know. Totally. So So we have, so our question today is from Michelle Sousa and um, Sue, do you want to read it? This is, this is where we're going with this podcast today. (laughs) I sure do. I said, uh, Michelle says, what do you do when you have custom built-ins in the home you purchase and you don't have budget to rip it out and rebuild it? How to repurpose, optimize, camouflage, style, paint. Here's my dilemma. A built-in console between two structural pillars that separate kitchen and family room. And then Michelle attached a lot of pictures that we, we looked at before we started to record so we could understand what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my mind, when I first read it, I was like, oh, well, like that's probably not that big of a deal. And Michelle, I just looked at your pictures and it's actually a big deal. Like it's actually a really big structure. It's not a small, I would say, I would dare say that that's at least 36 inches deep. Yep. Um, you know, probably about the height of your countertops. Cause again, it's splitting your family room and your kitchen. So it almost feels like a, a third island. She already has yes. like these kind of two an L-shaped island and a little a floating island. And then she has this giant, you know, console splitting these two, these two this pillars. Island height it's island and height. island depth. Yeah. And it's connected um, to two load bearing columns yeah. that kind of separate the pitch between the kitchen and the family room. And then this big, huge um, sideboard credenza built in yeah, is but there's, but there's covers on both sides of it is nestled believe, right? between these load bearing beams and it's made out of cherry wood with a cherry wood top. So it's not, it's not countertop material. It's definitely like a piece of furniture wedged between these two columns mm-hmm. and it's too high to be a console. So her sofa back, um, and her sofa ends, and then she still has like six inches of this, built-in thing with cabinets on both sides and the finish is outdated. looks like the cabinet door is falling off on one of them. So it's you're too like close to the kitchen. Yeah. You're like, we need to either repair it and spend money to repair it. You'd spend time and energy to refinish it, paint it a color, but proportionally it's still too close to the kitchen and it's still too tall for the family room. And I dare say if you were to build this house or like to plan this house that you would get rid of it completely. I know, mm-hmm. I know you said that you don't like, there's no budget for it. And so in no my, budget to take it out, no budget to, to what did you say? To rip it out and rebuild it. I dare say we wouldn't rebuild it at all. Yeah. You can keep the columns because those are load bearing. Up. Yeah. Right. But you would just take it out completely. And even if like you don't have the, the money to like refinish the flooring, I would almost still rip it out now. Yeah. You know, just to feel the air Yeah, and to understand how am I going to space plan? Am I going to get a bigger rug in the meantime? Or like maybe the floor isn't too bad under there. Mm-hmm. So you've been looking and it does look like the flooring runs all the way through. She's, she recently redid the flooring. Cause you can see in these first photos, okay. it's like a orangey, okay. you know, Got it. and then now it's like a, um, lighter. Yeah. A lighter. I agree, Sue. I agree with what you're saying. I would slowly dismantle this thing on my own. If I didn't have budget, I would take those cabinet doors off on both sides. I would empty it out. And then I would call in any friends I have 
to help me understand the best way of just dismantling this. I could be saying it because our good friend Sue Hall is doing her own emergency remodel and she took all the flooring up with her kitchen spatula and found a way method. Could right? you get her a spatula? Do you think? You, well, you know what, girl? I, I got one. I'll ship to you. Um, it looks like, cause it still looks like the narrow, we're looking at these um, pictures and it still looks like a narrow plank. It does look like you refinished them. Yeah. It could maybe, be refinished versus or like installing a new one, but you went to the, with the same width that you were on like these old ones. Yeah. And so, which is a narrow yeah. width. Probably so I dare say it's probably floor. Yep. And so I'm going to like put money down that like that floor is running through mm-hmm. underneath, underneath which I think in like most, like it's a very nice home. And I think with most yeah. nice homes, they ran the floor underneath the cabinetry. Yes. That's what you should do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I dare say I would just start ripping it up. Yeah. Cause cosmetically we we've come up with ideas about like putting lamps on top and how to style it and everything. But even that's going to take money to buy the right things. And it's still not the right scale for the room. Mm-mm. And, um, if you invest time and energy into making it right, then you're not going to ever fix it or you're not going to fix it for a really long time. And it's really impeding the best way that you can live yeah. and it's already in disrepair anyway. So I would just figure out a way to dismantle it. Yeah. And I think that by myself, if I didn't have budget, I would figure it out. Special out myself. I would call my brothers. I call family over. I have handy friends. Like we would figure out a way to get rid of this thing. And luckily you don't have a stone top because that would be a lot harder, but you're a wood top. Yeah. So therefore you're in, you know, kitchen spatula, maybe a hammer. Yeah. (laughs) Just like rip that sucker off. Corey, you're handy. You built cabinetry. How would you dismantle this? You're exactly right. Take off all the doors, rip off the face frame, mm-hmm. take the countertop off next. Mm-hmm. Um, and then countertop off with like a crowbar, crowbar. Yeah. yeah, cat's paw, whatever. Yeah. Um, it'll probably all come up in one piece. There's probably some screws from underneath, like the boxes, screwing it down so wear, to it. Wear glasses. Oh yeah. Get some safety glasses, a couple of drills, take all the screws hat. out. Hard hat. Orange vest, maybe. Oven mitts. Yeah. <laughs> Spatula. Spatula. We have oven mitts too. Um, so yeah, then unscrew the friends that you can top. pay back with cookies and yeah, other such favors. Yeah. Significant other, you know. Significant other. Yeah. Session yeah. for a girlfriend that just got dumped. Handy father-in-law. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that that angry girlfriend of yours. Ooh, yeah. She'll Hand get- her a power tool. Let her get over that breakup. Yep, exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. Throw it in the back of a truck. Take it to the dump. You know. I think you'll feel like you lost a hundred pounds. Oh my gosh. You know, you'll have a new lease on life. You'll have a new lease on life. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, but I think that this is like in general, if you're, if you're sitting in a remodel and you have some stuff that you're just like, well, it's just going to be too expensive to take it out. I guarantee you like this is your permission. Yeah. I think we just have to give each other girlfriends got to give girlfriends permission. Yeah. You use the, you use your find a way method, the find a way method and you, and just like start taking it out. It won't start until you start it. Mm-hmm. It's not going to disappear on its own. Yeah. And so therefore it just, it's got to start at some point and you'll stop seeing it if you don't do something about it. Okay. What Suzanne just said is really, really true. I know we've all lived in a house for a long time and we stop seeing the things that are wrong with it because we just start to accept it. Mm-hmm. I've used this example before, but we lived in our house on Alice Lane. It had an unfinished basement. Years later, we finally were like, Hey, let's finish the basement. We finished the basement. We never went down there because our life, we already figured out the rhythm of it and how we live. And we just literally would forget to go down there Mm -hmm. because you already figured it out. I feel like Suzanne, you've lived in your home since 2020. Mm -hmm. You probably don't remember that you need a new kitchen. No, you stop seeing your kitchen. Yeah. 
you stopped feeling the pain of your too small stove mm-hmm. and no counter space. I still feel that pain. Do you? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But this is what I do for a living. But most people, yeah. like, yeah. You just, you just kind of get used to you like the broken, you whatever. Make, you make it as good as it can get. Yeah. You adapt. You adapt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. We all have something in our home that we stop seeing. Right. Mm-hmm. And then if somebody comes over, you're like, oh, I'm sorry the you know, whatever. Um, but I just, I PS, they don't care. Nobody cares. So true. Yeah. Like, and then you're apologizing while you walk through your home for no reason at please all. Please don't do that. Anybody like just yeah. say that right now, just like be okay with it. And if you're going to change it, if you're embarrassed about it, be embarrassed for yourself. They, but nobody else just, sees Nobody it. cares. Yeah. Not that they don't care about you, but yeah. just like. But if you don't make changes, like let's just say that we were to tell Michelle Sousa how to embrace the thing that isn't working in her home and she just sort of halfway embraced it. She would live with this in her house for 20 years and she'd stop seeing it. Yep. It wouldn't no longer be a thing. So that's why it's important to just like cut the whole thing out. It's like getting a tick, right? You got to get the whole body out or it's yeah. going to continue to burrow in. Yeah. And, and you, that's you know what I mean? Yeah. You got to get the whole thing out. And, um, and then I think your life is really going to, the opportunity for that room, yes. is going to start to unfold. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you'll Agreed. just always be short-sighted by this thing that's right in the middle of your traffic way. It's right in the middle of the connection between the family room and the kitchen, right? Yeah, no, totally. And I'm even, I'm even thinking of just like when I have seen niches mm-hmm. in people's homes and they're just like, well, so I went ahead and I started to put, you know, some things in it and I think it looks all right. And in my mind, I'm just like, on those, I will be critical. I'll be like, you know, you just need, if you have niches, yeah. just all you got to do is just like frame and mud that sucker up. Yeah. Like that's never going to give back. I promise. Yeah. You know, re-sheet rock that stuff. Yeah, and unless you have no friend, on, even if you do, you know, just like get yourself a table. Don't do it. Don't do the yeah. altar in the, yeah, in the niche. It's, yeah. They're always weird arches. You're never going to find a geode that that's that tall. So <laughs> you true. know, it's I always people trying to do small stuff, like stuff sitting on the surface and yeah. you've got this high thing. And then they're like trying to lean a piece of square art in a round hole. Yeah. It's, anyway, it's never going to be right. They're so silly. If you're a builder, stop building them. Mm-hmm. Please. No one wants them. Definitely. Hopefully they already are like, stop. Like you would think you, you'd hope. Yeah. yeah. Sins being, sins are still being committed. Yes, totally. We have a favorite quote that we um, talked about on an, on an earlier podcast from McAlpin and they have a book called um, McAlpin house and you should follow them on Instagram. They are a firm that we really look up to um, architecturally as well as their interior design. But what they said about having older homes and what's so great about them is that one can be free in them because the parenting is done. And I think that's so great. It's also true for bad parenting (laughs) that, um, it's, it can be really handicapping for people because they're like, I I don't know, this is permanent. It's a built-in, it's permanent. It's attached to the house. It can't change. It can't change, but it can change. Right. Yep. And so that's what we wanted to just give you permission to do on this episode is just to really take a look at why this is impeding the function that you could have in your house. Or if you were to build the house today, what would you not do? Mm-hmm. Because it's okay to go ahead and let those things go. Mm-hmm. You don't have to rescue them. It wasn't your idea in the first place. It was the original homeowners. It's not oh. part of your style. And it would give you the ability to be free in your own home. Yep. If you just let it go. Like they say on what movie? Frozen. Frozen. Yeah. Let it. Yeah. Let that thing go. Yep. Let That's it go. Great. Yeah. So, um, a few talking points that we had for you was to analyze the way that you live, um, when you're first sort of taking on a home, you know, or live in the home for a little bit and learn your rhythm. Right. Yeah. I, I think 
I don't know if this is a memory that came back to me from an actual client, but I think sometimes when people buy a home and it's different than the homes that are being built now, yeah. now you're seeing homes being built with these big, great rooms, right? And fewer, smaller rooms. Mm -hmm. um, and when you have that inclination, you buy this old house and it has all these fewer, smaller rooms. The idea is to like take down all the walls and like, let's join all the rooms. Let's make it a great let's room. Let's make it a great room. An open floor plan. When depending on the architecture, that might be a bad idea. And you might... I would just say live in it for a second, give the rooms like functions, you know, mm -hmm. like this isn't my new office. This is going to be a playroom or a homework room. And then this is my family room. And maybe we do like take something down. So my family room and kitchen are open to each other, you know, but like really analyze it and see like if you, if this is actually a better way of living before you tear everything down, because mm -hmm. it may become an echo chamber or they may, you know, so I would just, I just think it's smart mm -hmm. living to like live somewhere for a second know how you work and know the pain points. So then you know what to take down. Don't, don't, I know. And it sucks to live through a remodel. Mm -hmm. Trust me, I know. But I still think it's worthwhile to the overall planning to understand how, like how you live best and like, don't take that storage closet out. Cause actually there's no other storage in the whole house. Mm -hmm. So, or like rebuild, you'll know, okay, I have all this stuff now. I do need to you know, I'm going to hire a designer. I'm going to figure out where's my best storage capacities, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm going to plan for those. Yeah. But you, you just start to understand your inventory when you move into a home and you know how you and your family operate and, and what, how the light hits certain rooms. Mm -hmm. And you, if you take down that wall, you might not feel it the same way. Yeah. You know? I feel like you did a really good job of this. When you moved into your house in 2020, you cosmetically changed the paint colors of the rooms and you tore out old carpet, mm -hmm. but structurally you left everything else there. You didn't go undergo really expensive changes. Mm -hmm. You just cosmetically got it to a space where you could live and feel like it was clean and it was safe and you could be okay with it mm -hmm. palette wise. Yeah. And then you've been learning the home and you've had two babies and you know what I mean? Like you're trying to figure out now you're getting to those bathrooms and you put a new roof on, but also like tanky in chunks is I think a more feasible way for most normal people. Sure. Right. Yeah. And then I think the changes are really just so exciting and fun when they do it come because you get to enjoy each little bite of it instead of the whole thing all at once. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think, I think there is something to that. And I think from, majority of people, that's the way life is. Yeah. You're going to take it on as you can afford it. You know, even, even though like we know if like we had a massive budget tearing down and just rebuilding is in a chunk is usually less expensive than trying to remodel. We do this for a living. And so yeah. we know that the costs of remodeling, you might as well build a new house. But if you're living in a home already and you have, you know, a normal, a normal income coming in, that just like remodeling as you can mm -hmm. is the way we all live, but yeah. like just make smart choices and make, and I think this is, this is something that I'm like, we could do a whole podcast on it, but you've all, oh, this will be coming out in a few months, but we're seeing this article that's like floating around from that's from Washington post, New York times did a thing on it where the HGTV, this like idea of this, like everybody having the same house is actually, it's debilitating to people and it's causing a great amount of anxiety because they think that everybody's being critical of their house. Mm -hmm. When in reality, like creating a special home and, a, and an individual home has kind of gone out the door. Mm -hmm. And so I think a beautiful part about a remodel and taking it off bite by bite is to really analyze you. Don't feel like you have to go all neutral. Don't feel like you're building this for anybody but you. Yes, so agreed. that's my, I don't know, that's, 
that's my biggest takeaway from like how I'm living right now mm-hmm. is I'm like, I, and luckily I do this for a living, but just like, I think it's your responsibility as like an adult, as a homeowner, as a parent, as a spouse to understand how you guys live and what you love mm-hmm. and to really design for that and don't phone it in. Cause you're making the, you're making these big expensive decisions. Mm-hmm. You're buying material, you're paying someone to put those material permanently to a wall, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, just be smart about it and be passionate about it. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, don't think that what your neighbor did is what's going to be the best thing for you. Cause it shouldn't. Yeah. And it really ultimately people just aren't happy with it. They go to all this work and they just, they don't like their own houses, even though they've been built for resale or built to look like the HDTV home. And it's just, it makes them sad. So yeah. these, these spaces should elevate your life and the experiences you're having within the home. And it should be deeply, deeply personal yeah. and it should tell your story. It's edifice guys. Yeah. It's a massive thing. That's like your stamp on the earth, make it better than how you found totally. it. Totally. And I mean, I'm going to say something really controversial and say, I haven't seen HGTV in longer than a decade trading and a spaces. half <laughs> and since trading spaces. <laughs> and sure. I have to say it's, I don't feel like there's a lot of really great programming that's super inspiring on it. So really like take inventory of what you're watching when it comes to doing your interiors and make sure you're aligning yourself with excellence or something that really rings true to you because you shouldn't take that advice and do it in your home and not have it make you happy. You know what I mean? You're just watching the wrong stuff. I feel like that's so sad that somebody spent money on all that. Yeah. And an interesting perspective that they mentioned in the article is that you're building for that. You're making decisions based off of trends right now. And then like once, you know, you're finished with that portion of the remodel, that's not in style anymore. Mm-hmm. And therefore this thing that you think is like adding value to your home is actually not because it's actually clotted already. Nobody wants that anymore. And neither will you because you keep on following a trend. Don't follow a trend. Yeah. I also have to say that interior trends don't change that fast. TikTok trends are micro trends and there's things that trend really big for like a week or so. But I don't, I feel like home trends things will stay around for at least a decade, if not longer. Right. I feel like brass was just coming on in 2008 when we opened and it's starting to slow down right now, but it's 2023. You know what I mean? The color gray was really strong for a decade. It's done now, but it did its thing for a long time. So I don't know what HGTV is showing, but, um, really there shouldn't be anything. Pretty much those two things right there. Yeah. Yeah. But it was interesting in the article, it said like, if like based on you're doing this, so it adds value to your house. But like right now, where the market sits. If you do a white kitchen, you're, it's actually going to go down in value, which I don't agree with. Yeah, but if you do a charcoal, great. But maybe the majority of people are, maybe the other percent, like the massive percentage of people. Yeah. Is. But if you did a char- dark charcoal kitchen cabinet, it would raise it by X amount. They had yeah, like these numbers. But and I, I also was like don't, so confused. I don't agree with that though. Yeah. I really don't. And don't charcoal, charcoal gray isn't a thing right now either. So I feel like they must be operating on old data from when charcoal gray was a thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But a white, a white kitchen has been a universal truth, different shades of white, obviously a warmer white is in, I feel like creams and off whites are the new white. So, um, but yeah, I think your shaker door with white cabinets are going to feel more Ikea. You know what I mean? Um, or maybe the charcoal gray doesn't feel Ikea, but I still wouldn't do a charcoal gray kitchen. I mean, how would they get that data? Because unless you're planning on selling your home in like the next six months, you know what I mean? How would they know? Like, let's say like oh, it's do, old data. Yeah. Like do this yeah. right now because in five years when you want to sell that, you, you know, how do they know that? How do they know what, like how many people are going to read that article and be like, I guess I got to go dark charcoal. I guess that's the thing, yeah. <laughs> you know? And like, 
No, it's just data is so polarizing. So just like, that's why you just got to like put a blind eye to it guys. Mm -hmm. And just like start to do what you love, look at images and, and do what like moves you. Yeah. Yeah. It just rattles your inside that. And you're like, Hey, that's something I'm going to start stockpiling these images and see what my common denominators are and being like, okay, I'm drawn to this consistently. You partner, you're drawn to this consistently. Okay. We're getting somewhere. I think we're figuring out our style. Exactly. So yeah. It's really good, especially as you're doing, you're trying to correct, we're going back to this, right? Yeah. Inheriting architecture, inheriting bad architecture. How are you going to make it right? Because this is probably going to be a place you're going to be for a second. And I will say, whatever you do while you're like correcting these wrongs and like making this architecture right, if you do resell, even with your stamp on it, the buyer's going to notice and they're going to want it. Yeah. So like screw all that old data, yeah. <laughs> you know, and- yeah. And just do what feels right and do and like study, study it out too. Don't be flippant with your, with your decisions, like mm-hmm. study architecture yeah. you know, before you start to like take a hammer to things. Mm-hmm. We had a girlfriend that reached out to Jess who just bought this like amazing, like this jewel of Salt Lake city, right? This oh, mid century, yes. you know, by this famous architect. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, just talk about that for a second. Yeah. I think that's an interesting thing where it's actually really good. And how do we embrace it and put our own style on that? Yeah, totally. Right? Yeah. So Lafette, who we've had on the podcast before is a beautiful floral designer and she was really excited and she feels very challenged by a brand new home that she just bought. Sorry, not brand new home. It is an architectural gemstone of Salt Lake City. And it's, I forget the architect, but it's very pure. It's very mid-century. She's got stone walls on the interior and she's got um, all the finishes are living and real and wood, um, big wood built-ins. And it's very pure. Um, lots of low lines because people were smaller back then, especially when it's like true mid-century. And she's feeling so challenged by it and nervous now. Like, how do I do this? Cause I feel like I just have to fill it with mid-century furniture, mm-hmm. <laughs> which isn't fully like her style, but the house is so pure, mm-hmm. you know? So I think she's feeling challenged by it. And like, I don't like this built in, but it's like such a piece in the home and how do I embrace it? Cause you don't feel like you should paint it because it's in mid-century. Everything was like cherry and li- maple and these beautiful living wood finishes. And so it's going to be really fun. Suzanne, I think you had really great advice about just furnishing the home and fully getting all of that right. And then you can start to tweak the finishes to get along with your aesthetic, mm-hmm. but not making any too sudden moves before no. you really start to bring in your original yeah. art and your beautiful hand knotted rugs and your collection of furnishings. And who knows that built in might just sort of become secondary to the accessories mm-hmm. and the beautiful lifestyle you have, or maybe you're going to tweak the finish of that to get along with all of your art and your beautiful original lifestyle. Yeah. But you're going to, yeah, you're going to make equally as special and fashionable. You're not going to dumb it down. Yeah. You're not going to do something that's any less than the beautiful thing. You know, mm-hmm. and I know some people might, that might feel contrary to what you think about mid-century, but I think it's still her house, Yes, you know? And if that like console, that's this like nucleus of the house that's just like floating, it doesn't feel right. Even when you get all those things in, you're going to lacquer it you know, or persimmon, it's going to pull from this one painting or, you know, and like, it's just, it's going to become a moment and you have to like pull fashion in. Yep. So totally. So you can still make it hers. And I think, but I do think that a great way, if even like bad architecture, if you do have great art, I think that's what saved my house. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is the art that I put on my walls, Mm -hmm. you know, and the rugs I put down on my ground and the fact that I painted everything, Mm -hmm. like even the flooring, the subfloor is white. So 
anyway, I still think that once you figure out your style, you can correct a lot of things in a house that doesn't feel like you. Yeah. You know, so I agree. I think that's great. Um, we have a note here that in some cases you will need to start over. Suze and Corey both have some examples of what this looks like. Yeah. Do you remember when you came and looked at my kitchen, like mm-hmm. the one in my old house? Yeah. yeah. Uh, for a while I was debating on just like refacing everything because it's a lot mm-hmm. less expensive to do that, like all the cabinetry and stuff. Yeah. And um, when, yeah, when you came over, I was just like, yeah, I, your advice was just tear it out, tear it out, read. Yeah redo everything. And we ended up redoing like the entire main floor. So I was thinking, I think it was a cookie. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, to like Michelle's um, question though, I just feel like it's just less expensive to do it right now than to do half of it and then wait and then do the other half. That's going to increase and increase the cost, you know? So I was just like, well, we're just going to start the hell over. You know what I mean? I used to have a woodshop teacher and he, uh, whenever you would like mess something up, he would be like, well, at least you get to start the hell over now, you know, and you throw your stuff away. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, so I always think of that and that's, that's why we redid the entire, and we loved it. Yeah. Like, and I talked to the owner like two months ago, I had a piece of mail go there. So I went and I was chatting with him. He's loves, loves the kitchen. So that's awesome. Yeah. Good. It's great. Good. Yeah. It takes courage to admit that. Cause I feel like so many of us want to make it do or do without, or you know what I mean? Repair mm-hmm. it in some way mm-hmm. and just rescue the thing. But then I just feel like you're always going to be living half, half as well as you could. Mm-hmm. Had you just really done the best thing for the property? Totally. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So take, take courage and do the right thing. Take courage and do the right thing. And mm-hmm. like, and I know, I know we talked about you stop seeing it. And so if it's something that, you know, like the actual structure is there, you're never, you're never going to tear down. You're never going to rebuild, do the very best with what you have to make it great. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in my case, like my kitchen, you were saying like, did you, have you stopped seeing it? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I haven't stopped seeing it, but I know that within the current shell of what it currently is, mm-hmm. I can't make that great given the square footage amount. So I know that an addition is likely in my future. So there is going to be some modification. So I'm leaving it there for now, mm-hmm. but I do have plans like brewing in my head. So just make sure that when you make decisions, you know, what's going to stay and you know, what's going to go and you're investing in those things mm-hmm. correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Adding to this, I was thinking about as we were kind of talking mm-hmm. um, about everything and inheriting architecture. When we built our home, obviously from scratch, uh, it was a, you know, we couldn't afford to build like a totally custom home. So we Mm -hmm. took a floor plan that was existing, Mm -hmm. uh, and we just like pushed walls out and we pushed like a, like our dining room nook, we pushed that out so we could flip the kitchen to the other side. So I would say if you're building a home too, like walk through their model a million times, sit with their plans and just like figure out some things you can do. It's a lot cheaper to hire an architect before the build starts than to like go in and make those changes 10 years down the road, you know? So if you're inheriting that architecture, like you're building in a, um, you know, a community where there's a builder with like five floor plans or something like that, I would say make those changes where you can, because it's going to be a lot less expensive to do it then than in the future. And then, then it's going to be more of your home. Like no one, there's a road adjacent to us with like the exact same floor plan, but no one knows that our home is like our, is, it's like part of, yeah, yeah. Like, like that. So, cause we just pushed a lot of walls out and mm-hmm. stuff. So I, 
I'm glad we did that. And I would give that advice Okay, for sure. Love that. That's great. Um, we have a note here that says, um, celebrate the good may need to give it a facelift to take it to its optimum glory. Yes. Optimum glory. I love that. I know I'm trying, we were making these notes <laughs> and I think that there are like in homes, um, there's going to be things that you loved about it in the first place. And you celebrate that mm-hmm. you celebrate the things that like you fell in love with about the house. And I just want you to have that like moment of happiness <laughs> mm-hmm. because there's a lot of things that you're just not going to be like thrilled about. So, and so I just wanted you to just like, think about that too. Like, what do you love about your house? Yeah. Celebrate that. And then like, what do you, what is it that you love about that? And go at your other things that you don't love with that same, like, I could love this just as much. I like that. I like that you're saying that. I recently heard, um, uh, an expert saying that our brain is always comparing things. It's always. And for some reason, the human brain always goes to the negative when it's comparing, it doesn't compare the positives. And so I feel like those of us that are cognizant of this, it's our job to point out the positive things whenever we can. Cause otherwise we are always going to feel like we're failing mm-hmm. at life when we yeah. start to compare. And I do feel like if you have this, it runs really deep in you things like social media or a playground, you just shouldn't get on because it's yeah. never going to be healthy because yeah. your comparison's always going to be finding the negative in things because our brains as humans do that. And it can be a really sad space for your brain. So I like that you said this about the home that we need to constantly be looking for the good and the things that we're loving. And maybe we just need to tweak them to get them to their optimal glory, but also just concentrating on the parts of the plan. Like, Oh, I just love the relief I get when I walk in this room because I come from a lower hallway and I get into this beautiful bedroom or I love the light in this room. The way the windows are set in this space is perfect. I love the breezeway coming up to my front door. It gives me a chance to smell all the fragrant flowers and also gives me a sense of privacy. I love the, do you know what I mean? Like we all really need to take a moment to think about, I love the neighborhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? The people on a walk. Yeah. Like I walk around your property. Sue's favorite things. Um, she had an opportunity to sell her home recently and, and it didn't end up doing it. But one of the things that she was like, I don't know if I can sell it because I love the linden tree out front so much. Yeah. She has this, um, linden tree that was planted in the seventies for sure. So it's huge. What is that? Like 50 years old Mm -hmm. and it's magnificent. His mom gave him like these seeds for the three big trees that are on our property. No way. Like she gave him like a seed with a plant, a cup, and he planted those. That's yeah. amazing. And she was really like, cool. I don't think I can sell the house because I love the tree so much, you know, which is really yeah. endearing. And I think we need to know, I mean, it's our job to advocate for our homes and the best mm-hmm. bits and the best parts of it. Yep. And we can rescue the rest. Totally. That's, uh, that's the fun part, right? But I think harnessing the good is really, really important and make sure and do that. And don't compare your house to other people's houses. Yeah. Yeah. And don't decorate like other people, you know, don't decorate like other people. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, uh, last point we have here is making existing architecture yours. What can you do if you can't remove the walls? Ooh, making the existing architecture yours. Um, I think that goes back to just like, what are you going to, how are you going to treat your walls? Mm-hmm. How, what are you going to put on your walls? I will yeah. say when we were talking about celebrating the good, there's one spot when I sit in that little living room, it's not big guys. I sit in my little living room on my, on my sofa that I love And I look toward the entry and since having put this like really great entry chest with a really great mirror and a really great painting and like the way that the walls, which I was originally, I did plans on, on CAD. I'm just like, I could tear that out and we can make a better. I'm really glad that I kept the existing walls because there's, we talk about transition points 
mm-hmm. in our homes. And like, if I didn't have this wall to kind of let my eye kind of graduate to that entry moment, I wouldn't have that favorite scene that I love so much. Yeah. And so just like make the walls yours, mm-hmm. make the home yours, given this architecture. And I guarantee you can love this house. I yeah. really do. I agree. Oh. And yeah. with more walls too, Sue has more opportunity for art gallery. Right? Yeah. Sure. You would have yeah. you would have not been able to hang as many, many paintings. So yeah. So more walls, more right. art. Make them yours. Definitely. Um, well, you guys... If you need help making your home yours, we have a really great home furnishings design team. They can work with whatever you've got and they can add in some Alice Lane. They can do some space planning. If you have an empty room and you need furniture, if you need wallpaper, if you they need can drapery. Help you discover your style. Yes. I hope you do like, like I hope everyone does this program mm-hmm. that they call and they, cause again, this is also at that moment I just talked to you about, mm-hmm. that's just furnishings. Yeah. That's just, that's making the walls mine that I was given when I bought this home. So if you need help, just like coaching you through your style and showing you the opportunities and the options that are available, our home furnishings design team is awesome. Yeah. You're just going to go on our website. You're going to fill out a sheet and someone's going to call you. It's going to be like a furniture therapy guys. It is. Right. And you're going to work with someone and they're going to help you figure out your style and make the right decision once. Yes. And you know what? The service is free. Yes. And we have hundreds and hundreds of vendors. (laughs) Yes. A gift to you from Alice Lane. And we have all these vendors and all these different styles that they can work within. Mm -hmm. And they can even work with that funny old thing that you felt like wasn't great. Um, So uh, definitely give the service a try. It's amazing. It's very popular and it's been so fun to see it take off and it helps us feel like we can help every everybody. Right. Yep. It's been so fun. So it's called home furnishings design. Give it a whirl. Thank you so much for listening today. Um, if you have any questions, send them to dear Alice at Alice Lane home and.com. And we would love to answer them for you here on the podcast. Catch you next time. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating. 